<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. Hi, everybody. I'm Edric. I'm Joy. Welcome to Family, family Unbox, where we talk about everything family, from the light stuff, the fun stuff, to even the heavy and controversial stuff. Because our desire is to encourage families and see the world changed one, one family, family at, at a time. time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to season two of. Family, Family Unboxed. Unboxed. We want to just welcome you guys and we hope that this podcast, wherever you guys are and however you're finding it, finds you well. Yeah, and thanks for joining us for the first season. It was really a privilege to have that season with you guys. And so we hope that this one can even be a better season together. Yeah, and you know, if you have any feedback, suggestions, uh, even topics you think we should cover, hey, fire them away, send them our way. We'd love to be able to unpack and unbox things that have to do with the family. And, you know, as we're writing this, it is a new year. And so we thought, you know, what better way to talk about parenting and family matters than to cover something which we've been literally doing with our family and even our spiritual family, if you will. And this has to do with vision. Now, why is vision so important? Honey, in your words, why is it so important? Well, there's a proverb that says in the Bible, you know, without vision, the people perish. And a lot of times people think that, you know, they get to a certain point in their lives and there's not been any intention in, in getting there. And we don't want that to happen to our children where they arrive at a place accidentally. We want it to be very intentional. And it's really our job as parents to help them think through what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? How has God built them and, you know, given them capacities that they can apply in this world and make a difference and help people and be a blessing to others. So that's really where vision comes. And I remember when Edric told our sons before, because they're the older ones, you know, when you think about a profession someday, think about something that will have the most impact on society in order for you to be a blessing, to minister to people. Because a lot of times our vision is so, it's so micro, right? Microscopic. As parents, we're often thinking, I hope that my my son or my daughter can graduate to get a good job, to have enough money to survive, to be successful financially. But is that all there is to our children's existence? It's just to kind of, you know, make it to a certain level of success without really understanding what that success is meant for or supposed to be about. So this is where as parents we need to guide our children and make sure that their success is not about you know, us wanting to live out our successes through them. It's really how God designed them. What is it that God has uniquely designed our children to be able to do with their skills, their talents, their abilities, the exact point in history that they've been born into to make a difference for him, to be a blessing in this world. And yes, also to be able to take care of their needs and provide for their families in the future. Right. And I love how Joy said that, you know, last year I was able to work with the Department of Education in um giving parents training on how to better adapt to the new normal of learning. And I think we covered that in a previous podcast. But one of the things that I picked up was exactly what Joy said. Many parents, even Filipino parents that are well-meaning, and I don't think that this is true just for the public school children's parents, but for all parents, I think we get, get we can be guilty of short-sighted vision, meaning gusto ko makatapos yung anak we want our children to finish and as they finish, that's the goal. My goal in life is to help my kids finish from college. And then after that, they get a good job. I think 
in my conversations with many folks there, the goal should be to be able to give them the right tools, the right competencies, not so much just finish, because if they just finish, we don't really know where they're going to go, right? Um, and, and that's just an example of how when we step back, we're able to ask hard questions about whether or not there is a proper vision for our children and even for ourselves as as parents and as individuals. And if that is not yet in place, the danger could be something like what Craig Groeschel in a series he has created called Kazon, which is the Hebrew word for vision in that proverb which Joy talked about that says where there's no vision, the people perish, right? He talked about uh, this Olympian who in a rifle competition in the Olympics was slated to win the gold medal. But as he was about to now hit the last target, he needed to hit the bullseye of this target. And if he did, he'd get the gold at the Olympics during that time. This marksman, the rifleman, aimed at the target, took a deep breath, fired, and as he shot, he hit the bullseye. But unfortunately, he hit the bullseye of the neighboring target. It wasn't his own target. So even if he did get the bullseye, which is a great achievement on many respects, right? Unfortunately, it was the wrong bullseye. And that is the tragedy of many of us, is we might be pursuing things in our life which we think are successful or whatnot in our own definitions, but when we look back, we realize it was the wrong bullseye, and that would be a tragedy. And that's why it's so important, wherever season we are in, whatever season we're in, especially coming from all of the uncertainty that surrounded the pandemic and has carried into the, the new year even in 2021 with you know the news around us it's important for us to now say what vision do we have for ourselves what vision do we have for our children and maybe we've never been taught how to do this so that's what we want to unpack and unbox in this particular podcast how important it is to have a vision and more so you know what tips and tools can we do to help provide this for ourselves and for our children yeah, I just want to add. I think I always say that, right? I just want to add. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's always wonderful to you add. <laughs> I love your addies. You're an addition in my life. A oh, wonderful addition. Bonus addition okay. in my life. <laughs> Sometimes, as parents, when we think about the season our children are growing up in with this pandemic, I'm sure there's sorrow, right? We think, how can it be that our children are growing up in such a sad time of history, where? They are suffering the effects of the pandemic. They're locked down. They cannot do the things that they used to do. They cannot be with the friends they used to be able to hang out with. They have to even study at home. And they maybe were golfers or they were athletes or they were doing other activities where they were developing their talents. And now they're locked down. And so how is that going to work out, right? And I think this is where we have to see there's a verse in Romans 8.28, and I've shared this before in one of our other podcasts, that God causes all things to work together for good. And this moment in history that our children are in, it's not an accident. There's no such thing as an accident for this point in time in their life. And actually, God has raised up this very generation to be at this moment, to make a difference, to experience it, and to see him come through for them. And I think this is where the starting point is for us as a family and for all of you guys out there has to be because it can be very discouraging, right? Edric's so right because we're still in the midst of this pandemic. So what, what is there to look forward to? 
for our kids, for us as families. Well, we need to hang on to a vision that really is beyond all of this and realize that just like Esther in the Bible, God used her at a specific moment in history and she made an incredible difference in the life of her people. And so it's the same thing. What was that amazing thing. line? The yeah. Amazing line. You have been raised up for such as a time as this. Such a time as this. And that's the whole that's the whole ethos, I think, of what we're talking about today is that it's not accidental that our children are at this point in time of history and that we are the parents that have been called to raise them and they have been gifted with specific talents and abilities that God will use even through this season and beyond. So how can we help them imagine the future that they're going to impact and make a difference in? Right. Which is why it's so important to embrace that and not just embrace that, that there is opportunity at this point, but then to look at what is the vision so that that vision will carry you, will carry us, and will carry our children forward beyond however long this pandemic will be. Because the reality is, and we, we've talked about this in the other podcasts like Crisis 101, the reality is pandemic or no pandemic, everyone will go through some form of crisis. Personal, personal it could be um, relational, it could be financial, it could be within the family, right? Maybe it's a combination of all these things. So the vision that we cast for ourselves, the vision that we have with our children will be what take us through because as we look to that, despite the circumstances around us, we can carry forward. And it's this the same principle I talk about even in the area of money, right? When you know what your financial goals are, you can ride out markets like the one that's happening right now, despite the, you know, the shifting index performance, et cetera, et cetera, because you know what your goals are at and that will take you through. So our encouragement is look to a vision that is not so much from yourselves, but is a vision that God has given you so that that is what would take you forward. Before we move to the next point, here are a few messages from the other shows of Podcast Network Asia. Hey you, sorry to interrupt your podcast listening pleasure, Wonderful choice of podcast, by the way. My name is Sam O, and I have a podcast too. It's called The Narrow Door. It's an ecumenical podcast, which means we talk about everything Christian. I mean, I got a panel on everything, so go give it a listen after this one, okay? All right, thanks. See you there. Let's talk about how we will do that. It's so important that if we are to create a vision, there are, I want to say, maybe two models that we can follow. And in these two models, um, you can choose which one makes sense for you. One of them is from a business book by Jim Collins called Good to Great. And in that book, he talks about how companies go from good to great and what it takes. And in the research that they put together, one of the interesting things that came about is companies that are able to outperform generally the others and do well will be companies that have what is called a hedgehog. What is a hedgehog? A hedgehog, just like the animal, the hedgehog, or taken from the animal, the hedgehog, has only one primary go-to move to help it survive and thrive. When a predator or any other animal tries to attack or come close, it will curl up into a ball. And as it does that, it's able to ward off predators for the most part. So that one go-to move has helped the hedgehog survive and thrive, which is why we still see them around up to today. So that picture is what the authors now use to talk about when they look at companies and when they say how many companies that do well have a go-to move. Even as they evolve and grow and as the markets around them change, their opportunities that come up, they cannot get distracted and deter from that go-to. 
the companies that are clear on what they stand for, what their main thing is, and stick to that, even as they evolve and innovate and expand, they're the ones that generally will outlast and do well, just like the hedgehog. And that's why it's called a hedgehog principle. So bringing that to us as individuals, what does that look like? He said that to identify the hedgehog, you essentially want to look at three areas. And when you look at these three areas, it is the intersection of all three that will bring about the hedgehog. And this hedgehog principle is one practical framework so that we might identify what is the main thing? What is that mission or what is that vision that you will now pursue or that your children can now pursue? This is framework number one, right? So when you look at these three circles as an interesting side story, when I was uh, going through my own journey in terms of you know what career, what path to pursue, what job, what to put my whole heart energy behind, I was looking for answers. And for the most part, without knowing it, I was looking for the vision in my own life. This was uh, in my 30s. And as I was going about that journey, you know, whether to pursue TV and, and these things, I wanted to talk to somebody who didn't really know me, right? Uh, and somebody outside of my common spaces and circles that I was operating in, whether it's church or work or even my show, right? And so I, I approached this one guy who seemed to have experience in um, education, who had experience in business, who was a family guy also, and a very respected pastor in his, lo in his local church. And I asked for time and I was blessed that he gave me time. And so as I just go straight to what happened, I asked him for advice. I said, can you give me advice on how to decide what to pursue, how to go forward? And effectively, I was asking him to help me cast a vision for myself, right? He gave me this construct. He taught me. He said, Edric, have you read that book by Jim Collins? And I said, yeah. Do you remember the hedgehog principle? I'm like, not really. So he reminded me. And he, what he did for me, if, if you guys to imagine this, he got me at a coffee shop. He got a, a napkin, one of these paper napkins. And he got the bottom of his coffee cup. And he wet it a little bit. And he created these three circles. And in these three circles, he made this hedgehog principle come alive for me. He said, circle number one are your, your passions. What is it that you that wakes keeps you awake? You know, that you you constantly think about, that keeps you keeps you going, you know, is something you are passionate about. Write them down in this circle. So or think about them. So I did. And after you do that, he said the next thing you want to do is you would now want to, and he draws another circle. He says, I want you now to think about your affirmed skills, you know, and he, he talked about how affirmed skills have to be affirmed, right? Not what you think you're good at, not what you think you're skilled at, but what people can objectively say you are good at. And that's more the the more challenging part. So what you might want to do is think about what you think your skills are and then talk to the people who are closest to you, who can be honest with you and tell you whether or not you are really indeed good at those things. If those are your skills, are you a good communicator? Are you a good businessman? Are you a good singer? Whatever those perceived skills you have are, ask them to be honest with you and then you can get them affirmed. Whatever those things are, put them in that circle of the affirmed skills. So the third circle will now be the economic engine. Economic engine would basically be things that pay the bills, right? So if you are uh, making money in your home, then you want to put down all, you know, the possible sources of your income. 
What are the things it provides? It could be your job, it could be a business, it could be a combination of those things, it could be a sideline hobby, whatever those things are that provide income, economic engine, write them down. Now, here's the magic, if you will. When you have those things written down, the next step would now be to see the overlaps. And it's interesting how when you look at the vision, and many people might be guilty of this, and many people, this might be the reason that you know, you're feeling something's missing, or there's some lack of clarity in what you're pursuing because you're in one of the overlaps instead of the center of all the three. And the overlaps could look something like this. If you are pursuing something that is a cross between your affirmed skill and your passion, then what could happen is this is your classic starving artist. You were very passionate about it and you're good at it, but it doesn't pay the bills. If that's your main focus, that's what you're pursuing with all your energy or your main pursuit, then the reality is you might just end up in poverty. And maybe that's what you're struggling with. You're struggling to make ends meet because that's what you're pursuing. Um, or you could be in the overlap between a firm skills and the economic engine, right? It is something that people will say you're good at. It pays the bills, but you're, you're not passionate about it. It's not something that you know, your, your heart is fully behind. And so you're spending most of your energy behind that. What can happen and maybe has happened to you or you're in this place is you're burning out, right? Because there's just no passion behind it. Now, let me make this very clear. There are seasons in our life where we have to just do what we need to do because that's what pays the bills. And maybe for some of us, that's what we need to keep doing for now. But it's good to see what our vision is so that we can move from the current place to now that vision or that main pursuit as circumstances around you might change. So I need to make that very clear. What I'm not saying is recklessly abandon what you're doing because your heart's not behind it. That is the, as we know, the uh, the danger of many of the younger generations, if you will, or even people of our generation where you're just kind of going with your feeling. Whatever you feel makes sense, you just go with what is driving your passions. That is going to be a dangerous pursuit also. So back to this overlaps. The other third overlap could be it is something that you are deeply passionate about and it pays the bills, but it is not something you're good at. It's not an affirmed skill. What could happen to you is you will end up in mediocrity. And maybe some of you listening right now, that's where you're at. And that's what needs to change. You need to make sure that it is something you are, it is a skill. It is something, you, it has been affirmed in you so that you can go farther, right? So that that could be the three different overlaps you are in. What instead you want to find out is what are the areas you've written in those circles that now have the overlap across the three. That, friends, or kapamilya, is now your hedgehog. And that's what you want to pursue. That becomes the vision. All right, this is the intersection of all three. My affirm skills, affirm skills, my passions, and my economic engine. As I pursue this one thing, or if I pursue this primarily, because you can do many other things, but this is where I put most of my energy and, and time and resources, then you will see, as the Bible says, you, there's now a vision, you will not perish, right? You'll be able to go forward and experience deep fulfillment, even as circumstances around you might be challenging. So that's one practical framework, the hedgehog. The other framework, which you can use, is now taken from... Craig Rochelle, once again, that pastor I mentioned. And here's a nice free resource you can all do, which we're actually undertaking. It's called Kazone. You can look that up, the website. 
C-H-A-Z-O-W-N. It's done by their local church, Life Church. So I want to make sure I give the proper attribution. Go through it. And what they do, instead of the three circles I talked about, he instead unpacks a different set of circles, similar but different. And, you know, this might apply for those that aren't necessarily the breadwinners who might not have an economic engine in their homes or even the kids, right? If you want to see the vision that God has for you, this other practical framework would now look at three different circles. What are they? The first would be your values. What are the core values you have, right? What's important to you? The second would now be your spiritual gifts, right? And if you look at that series that Craig Rochelle and their local church put together, they'll give a practical set of checklists and questions which you can go through that will help you establish those things. And then the third circle for Craig in his framework is now to look at the past experiences. And I personally found this very powerful and many people have uh, as uh, in this framework. It's to go back into your life and look at both the highs and the lows and the painful experiences and look at what God has done through that thread. And when you do, you'll realize that God, as Joy said earlier, Romans 8.28, He causes all things to work for good. So look at all those experiences. And what's most important is look at the lessons that you experience through these things. Look at the common things. And when you do that, put those key learnings on the third circle of past experiences. And the same exercise holds true. Look at the commonalities across those three circles, the intersection of all three. In this, in this framework, it is intersection of the past experience learnings and what happened there together with the spiritual gifts and also the core values what is important to you and when you look at those three that's when you will now see in Craig Groeschel's framework your kazone what it is that is your your vision or the the purpose you'll come up with what's called a purpose statement and that purpose statement is what can now drive you forward because you know what you're here for what is your purpose so those are two very practical frameworks and you can choose which one makes more sense to you. I would encourage you to do that for yourself first. And then as a family, you can talk about it with your spouse. Encourage them to work, to do the same thing. And then with the kids. And as you do that, then as we sh- shared in this opening uh, of the podcast, you will be able to have a, a clear picture or at least a much clearer picture than before of, okay, this should be the vision I have for myself. This is should be where I put most of my time, energy, and resources behind on top of other things I do. Or it might just be, this is what I will now prioritize because it's already something you're doing, right? But that clarity will now be something that carries you forward. So honey, you want to talk a little bit about, you know, the vision that you've been able to to see in your own life, how important this is, or even for the kids and how, you know, having something like this becomes very practical, uh, especially through challenging times in crisis. I think, you know, there's a conversation we had with our oldest son when he was really feeling lost about what he was supposed to do, what he was good at. And sometimes, you know, that vision isn't absolutely clear at the beginning, especially for our children when they're very young. So one of the things that I remember telling him was, I asked him, Elijah, what is clear to you now? What is the things that you know that you're supposed to do? Just move in that direction first. For example, at the time he was doing swimming and at the time, you know, he was also learning what it really means to embrace obedience to us. And we had encouraged him to reach out to others and to step out, out of his boundaries and out of his comfort zone to make friends. And these were things that he was struggling with. And because we as his parents, we could see that these were things that he could improve on, that he could do. So the first thing I said to him is, Elijah, 
one of the first things you can do to move forward and to know what God really has in store for your life is to just obey us first. In the areas where we've been asking you to obey, you follow and then you see God lead you, you know, step by step. So then what happened was, as he did that, he decided to obey. He started connecting with others, connecting with other youth, volunteering to do ministry with others, uh, volunteering to help with the High Unite program of the homeschoolers, which has you know thousands of homeschoolers involved in it. And he started using his affirmed skills in the area of coding, programming, and leading people to also help out there. So now he's really caught a vision for how he wants to be involved in the life of young people to help them even with mental health issues, to make a difference uh, in that area, and to use his skill of coding and programming to make the world a better place. So now he's a clear picture also of what he wants to do in terms of his education because he's going off to college. So we're really going through this right now with him, helping him to decide what college he should apply to, what college he should say yes to when his applications are received and um, when he's accepted, and then what undergraduate programs he should sign up for. So everything is is now coming together for him as he has gone out there and gotten experiences and tried to understand also what are the things that he's really burdened for and what are the things that he's also gone through. And this is where we told him, Elijah, all the things that you've been through, even your mistakes, your failures, the struggles, they're all going to make sense and they're all going to be for a good purpose. So don't be discouraged. So I think this is where we can come alongside our kids. And if they've gone through difficult things or they're feeling self-conscious about themselves, they're struggling with going outside of their own box or going outside of their own comfort zones. This is where we can lovingly push them and encourage them that they have to also explore Uh, things that are out there, experiences, so that they can also determine what they're good at, what they feel burdened for. Because if they're just so closed-minded and only staying within their comfort zone, it's also hard for them to catch a vision for the other ways that God can use them. So as they're developing their known skills, the things that are apparent to them, how can they now use these in a way that will bless others. Because in the past, Elijah was just using coding to program games for himself. Or (laughs) to, remember that? Or to just, you know, build websites for the sake of building websites because it was fun and challenging or even hacking, you know, white hacking just because it was fun and challenging. So we said, how can you now channel your gifts and abilities outward to actually do something that makes a difference? So when we think of vision, it's definitely not going to be just something that will benefit ourselves. And that's the same thing that goes for our children. When we challenge them to think through, how can you use your talents and abilities? What are the talents and abilities you can develop? It's more often than not going to be about how they can make a difference in the lives of others, how they can be a blessing. And it's not going to be just about what serves their own needs or their wants. So we have to come alongside our kids to have these conversations. Like, what do you think you're gifted at? Um, What do you feel burdened for? Do you think that maybe you could try this out and see if it's a fit for you? Even if it's uncomfortable, you know, we'll be here alongside you to coach you. So having that open dialogue with them, coaching them along the way, allowing them to be exposed to different experiences. The truth is sometimes we think maybe they're going to be this kind of musician. And so we push them, you know, do piano, do piano. What if they don't like piano? So we can expose them to all kinds of things when they're young. But at some point, you also have to let them choose and decide for themselves what they really want to do. And this is where we as parents have also had to 
As we come alongside our kids to make suggestions, also learn to step back and let them make those decisions as they get older and not micromanage their future. Because God has called them to things and they're going to have burdens for specific things. And, you know, if, if it's of the Lord, he's going to confirm it. And yes, we can give our suggestions, but sometimes you also have to back off and not try to force fit them into a certain mold. So that happened with one of our sons, Eden. I was just so convinced that our three sons should do violin together forever. And maybe someday they could play violin together. And I think it was more my vision for them because I just love the idea of them doing violin. And at a certain point, Eden, he was just not motivated to do violin anymore. He wasn't excited about it. And so we asked him, well, what would you like to do? And he said, can I do piano? And I was like, well, will you still do violin? And he's like, mom, I don't think I can do piano and violin. So can I just do piano? And it was death of a vision for me because I imagined that they would be doing, you know, quartet together or something. And I said, okay, you know, do, do piano. And when he started to do piano, boy, he was so engaged. He was excited. He excelled in one year from doing zero piano. He was playing the bumblebee by the end of that Flight one year. Flight of the bumblebee, Fly, sorry. just to be clear. <laughs> The bumblebee is probably yeah. like chopsticks if you know <laughs> right. <piano>. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, fly to the bumblebee. And he was just so motivated about it. So when Edric was talking about that hedgehog principle, how does it come alive in the lives of our children? They're going to be excited about it. They're going to have a built-in burden for something that God wants them to do. It's going to be really their firm skills. And we will observe, okay, this is what they're good at. And they're motivated to do that. And it will very often have to deal with being a blessing to people, reaching out to people. So how does that have to do with Eden and music? It was just an example of how sometimes we have a vision that we want our kids to do, but it may not be the vision that God has given them. And it may not be what God wants them to do with their time. And we need to learn to release that also and support them. And what's the song? Not wind beneath their wings, but I can't remember it now. My mind's blank. But something to that effect, where we support them, we're keeping them in check also, making sure that we guide them spiritually, emotionally, so that their heart's in the right place and they have the right motivations, but also allowing them to explore what they would really like to do. Right. And I love how Joy clarified that because the tendency can be we create visions of our own, either for our kids or even for ourselves. And so we need to be able to seek God as we go through this, which will make it obviously more, most potent in our lives. I just remembered, in fact, because Elijah's applying for different colleges. And in my mind, I have a specific college that I want him to go to. And my mind is so made up. And Edric corrected me. He said, you know, Joy, we really need to pray that God will be the one to decide what is best for Elijah. And it has to be also what Elijah wants to do. Because in my mind, I was thinking already, this is it. You know, he got accepted to this particular college that I really want him to go to. And in my mind, there's no point anymore in exploring the other colleges because... Oh, you're acknowledging this now, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've talked about it, right? <laughs> and so in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is it. You know, that's it. It's a done deal. But I also love what Elijah said when I asked him, well, what college do you really think you should go to? And he said something so profound. And he's even the more mature one in this case, in this, you know, particular um, moment. He said... Mom, I'm letting God make that decision for me. I actually said, God, I want you to decide what college I should go to. So doors that shouldn't be open, you close them. And the doors that you want me to walk through, you be the one to show me. 
So praise God. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Great answer, son. Well trained. Well trained. So here's how we want to wrap up. As you create vision, we talked about how important it is. We talked about some principles on how to be able to actually structure it for you. And Joy gave a wonderful reminder of how, you know, we don't want it to be our vision for them, but instead God's vision. We also want to encourage you that as you create this vision, what is beautiful about it is you can look back and see the journey you've already taken and continue to look forward also in anticipation. You know, as you see where, where God has taken you, for example, from that point where our son was really lost in his teen years and now he's been able to look back and say, wow, it's a good thing he made certain choices. It's, it's, it's this vision that will continue to guide you and encourage you and press you forward. So even in a time like this, once the vision is cast, carry on. And as you move forward, also look back to see how far you've come in achieving this vision and be open to tweaking and modifying as you go, depending on the circumstances around you. So once again, we pray that, uh, I wanna wrap up with one thing for my wife and then one thing I'm gonna quote Craig Rochelle again. Go ahead, babes. Yeah, you can kind of tell that we're really fans of <laughs> Craig Groeschel. But I in this area say, especially. Yeah, I want to say that sometimes there is death of a vision. You know, in the Bible, Moses thought that he was going to rescue his people. We saw that when he was in Egypt and he tried to take matters into his own hand when he killed the Egyptian who was abusing one of his fellow Jews. And he thought that he was somehow going to save his people. But, you know, it wasn't the right time. And God took that away from him. He was in the desert for 40 years. And he came to a point of brokenness where he was humbled. And he actually thought he didn't have the capacity anymore. And he wasn't sure what he was even going to do with his life. Right? He was just a shepherd at that point. And from imagine from, from a height of such great power and influence and education, he was brought so low. And then God called him out of that state of being in the wilderness, that death of a vision. And then he was saying, now, I want you to go and I want you to go and rescue my people and call them out of Egypt. And he just felt like he wasn't the person to do it anymore. But we see through that journey that God actually did use him mightily. And Moses surrendered to God's calling for his life. And I'm saying this because sometimes in our very own lives, we have this idea, you know, these are my strengths. You know, Edric and Joe, I've been thinking about these are my strengths. These are the things I'm good at. And these are the things that I really feel like I should pursue. But how come there's so many roadblocks? I think my encouragement, even in the lives of our children, sometimes God is actually trying to do something in our character to prepare us to really pursue that vision. But there's something wrong in our hearts because we're not ready spiritually. We're not ready emotionally. Maybe we're full of ourselves. Maybe we're full of pride. And it's very hard to pursue such a grand vision that God has called us to. You know, he's really created us and designed us for his specific purposes. And it's going to be something amazing. But if our hearts are not ready, if we're not emotionally ready, if our character is not in place, we're not going to be able to do it to the best of our ability. In fact, we'll probably fail and not accomplish what God wants us to do because we just were not ready. So sometimes there can be death of a vision. But if it's really of God, it will still happen. And sometimes we have to wait. And this can be also in the lives of our kids. We're rushing. We want to make sure that maybe they get into a specific school or this happens in their lives. They get certain recognition or they accomplish this and that. Maybe they haven't yet and we're waiting on the Lord. Don't lose heart. I think the point is don't lose heart. Let's, let's, let's remember that God is always at work. Nothing's accidental. And sometimes he's working in something in our own hearts. 
and also in the hearts of our children. And he will cause all of that to work together for good. Excellent. Thank you, baby. I love how she provides all this wonderful, not just addition, but insightful perspective. Now, I said I would close with Groeschel, but as I was inspired by what my wife was sharing, let me just close with this instead. We, we encourage you to cast big vision, to help encourage them to see that what is the greatest platform that you can have for Jesus? That is kind of the direction you want to have. And as I share that, let me end with a statement of Mark Twain's, which has become a favorite of mine and ourselves as we talk about vision, when he said, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you figure out why. And this purpose or this vision will help you understand why and will take you through however long God has for you on this earth. So we pray that this has been helpful. Again, uh, this has been brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. We hope to catch you in the next podcast for season two. This has been Edric. And this is Joy. For Family Unboxed. Unboxed. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.